Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. But today, if you have your Bibles, could you turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 5? 2 Chronicles chapter 5. So we're going in the Old Testament. And so if, you're, if you have my Bible, it is page 289. If you have your own Bible, it could be anything else in the world. But if not, it will be on the screens behind me. But I'm going to read just a few verses. And so I'm, I'm reading out of verse 11. And it reads like this. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. All the Levites who were, who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, uh, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linens and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeteers and the musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voice in praise to the Lord and saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. Somebody say the cloud. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. Out of these few verses, I just want to preach a quick message that I've titled Cloud Chasing. Well, preach a message that's called Cloud Chasing. So if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we say something in our youth ministry. We say, if you don't write it, you don't remember it. And so I really believe starting off the year, taking some notes, it can really help us today. But let's go ahead and pray, and we're going to go right into this. And so, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that we are here in 2023, God. We believe that it's a new, it's a reset. It's a place where we could be refreshed, be renewed in you, God. Lord, I pray that we could just keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Lord, that you could be our focus this year, God. Lord, everything, they might come and it might fail and it, things might be amazing, God, but there is nothing in comparison to you, Jesus. And so we lift you up, Jesus. We honor you this morning, God. We give you this whole year, God. We give you everything, Lord. We believe that you're gonna do something special. Lord, we give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says. Come on, everybody says. Come on, if you love Jesus, can you make some noise one time? So it is officially the end of the holidays. I hope you guys enjoyed them. But that also means that you got to eat a lot of good food over the last couple months. I sure hope so. We just had New Year's Eve yesterday, and then we had Christmas, Christmas Eve, but then we had Thanksgiving. Come on, anybody ate some good food on these days, had a lot of good stuff to eat. So my wife on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, she has the most highly favorited uh, dish that anybody in our family always wants, and it is a cornbread souffle. Anybody love cornbread souffle? So I genuinely believe that my wife makes the best cornbread souffle on the planet. You could put anybody's else's up against it. You could put yours, you could put your mom's, you could put your grandma's against it. I believe my wife's takes the cake. I, I really believe it's that good. So not, not this past Thanksgiving, but the previous Thanksgiving, my wife trusts me with uh, going ahead and getting all the ingredients for the cornbread souffle 
and the green bean casserole that she was making that year. So I go ahead and I go to the grocery store a couple days before and I go down the list. She gave me all the list. She shared the note with me and I got everything on the list and I'm excited. It's now Thanksgiving day. She's ready to go ahead and make her cornbread souffle. But then she's like, hey, where, where's the sour cream? And I go, the sour cream is it, there. And we go, she goes, hey, the sour cream, it's not anywhere here. She's going through the fridge. She's going through everywhere. And I checked the list and there was one thing that I did not check off. And it, it was the sour cream. My wife's like, what are we going to do? The sour cream, that's a main ingredient in this dish. We need the sour cream. We're like, come on, there's got to be some sort of alternative. So we start going on Google saying, we're trying to find every single recipe to try to find any alternative that we can to this sour cream. So we found that Greek yogurt was, a, was an option. Cream cheese was an option. There was different options that we could find, but the only thing that we had was sour cream. Now take note that all grocery stores are closed on Thanksgiving. So it's not like we can just go to the grocery store. So we have to find whatever we can use. So we try this Greek yogurt and it was absolutely terrible. It was the worst cornbread souffle ever. It was awful because sour cream is a main ingredient in this dish. It didn't matter what we tried to replace it with. It didn't matter what we tried to use. It didn't matter what we tried to get. We could have tried every single option on Google. We could have tried every single recipe that we found, but it would not matter because we are missing one of the main ingredients in this dish. I really believe that this is what humanity looks like today, where we are constantly searching we are constantly looking for the one thing that's going to give us peace. We're looking for the one thing that's going to fulfill us. We're looking for the one thing that's going to give us purpose. We're looking for the one thing that's going to give us joy. We're trying to find love in all these places. But the reality is that we keep searching for the wrong ingredients. We keep searching in the wrong place. We keep going to the different things. And every single time that we try to use the wrong ingredient, it just keeps backfiring on us. And it keeps working. And now we find ourselves in 2023 because we've been going through the same cycles in 2022 and in 2021 and in 2020 and in 2019. And it's January 1st and say, how am I still dealing with the same exact thing? The problem is, is that we've been using the wrong ingredient. It's not a boyfriend that's going to answer the problem to our loneliness. It's not the bottle that we keep trying to down in order to suppress the feelings and the emotions of our past. It's not neglecting our family to try to chase after this career, to try to seek this validation because I have to make a certain amount of money for people to respect me. It's not these things that we keep going to. We keep going towards the wrong ingredients. Well, what's the ingredient that we need? What's the thing that we keep actually missing out on? I really believe this main ingredient is simply seeking the presence of God. It's seeking the presence of God. Well, what is the presence of God? The presence of God, think of it like this. If you got a letter, an invitation to go to the White House today, you would get a letter that said, your presence is requested at the White House. Which what that means is your being, you, your person is requested to be in this certain area. It's the presence of God is simply the being, it is the person of God meeting us exactly where we are. Where we're not just chasing after air, we're not just chasing after nothing, but we are chasing after a person and his name is Jesus. And it's this Jesus, the one that's actually going to give us joy. It's this Jesus that's actually going to give us peace. It's this Jesus that's absolutely going to change our life. 
there's something that we can't start 2023 without. If there's something that we can't go the rest of this year without, we can't go another week is missing out on the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Because outside of the presence of God, we're constantly going to feel like we're missing something. We're constantly going to feel like we have to strive for something no matter how many church services we attend, no matter how many people we feel like we helped, no matter how much money we gave to charity, no matter how good of a person we are, we're always going to feel like we are missing something because that something is the need for intimacy with a God who is crazy in love with each and every single one of us. The biggest problem I believe we do have today, though, is that we know that God is all that we need, but we don't actually know the God that we need. We know that God is the one that can actually give us fulfillment. We know that God is the one that can actually give us love. We know that God is the one that can actually give us joy. We know that God is the only one that could do this, but the problem is that we don't know who he is. And we need to know him. We need to have a relationship with him. We need to be in intimacy with him because it's the presence of God that comforts us in times of trouble and loneliness. It's the presence of God that empowers us with confidence to further the calling that he has for us. It's the presence of God that stills our anxious hearts and he refreshes us. It's the presence of God that ushers us into freedom from bondage. It's the presence of God that renews our hearts and renews our minds. It's the presence of God that reminds us of his sovereignty. It's the presence of God that shelters us. It's the presence of God that fills us with joy. It's the presence of God that fulfills us. It's the presence of God that we, come on somebody, if you love Jesus, can you give him some praise in this room? We absolutely need the presence of God. See, the word for presence in the Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, is this word panim. Can somebody say panim? So it's not panini, but it's panim, P-A-N-I-M. But that word panim really just means and also translates to face. Because when we seek the presence of God, it's as if we were face to face with him. Anybody else want to be face to face with God this year? Just say, I just want to be an intimacy. The way I would go on a date night with my wife or the way I would go and hang with my friends, I want to be that close to God. I want to see him face to face. To face. See, we saw the presence of God go all throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. We see him appear in different ways. But there's one way that's kind of captivated me, and it's intrigued me, and it's challenged me over the last month or so. And it's the way that the presence of God appeared in the Old Testament sometimes as a cloud. It appeared as a cloud. And you would think, why would he appear as a cloud? We could go through all different debates, but whenever they saw this cloud... Anybody that was there knew that the presence of God was there. Anytime they saw this cloud, they knew, okay, he's here. The, the presence of God, he is here. I don't have to do anything. I, I, I might even have to have a little bit more fear, a little bit more reverence because the presence of God was in the area. I want to go through a quick journey on some of these times where the presence of God appears at a cloud because I really believe that the presence of God, it can change us, it can challenge us, it can transform everything that we do. So one of the first times that we saw the presence of God appear, it was with Moses. Anybody know Moses? He was the one that went up to the Pharaoh and he went up to the Pharaoh and says, hey, God says, let my people go. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody saw the Prince of Egypt movie? That's right. It was a great film. But I recommend reading it. It's like a movie. It's amazing. But Moses, he's going this 
and now he, he's going back and forth, forth with the Pharaoh of Egypt. And now it's at the point where he's actually going to get the people of Israel free from slavery from Egypt. So he goes ahead and he finally is setting them free. But I want you to catch this, what it says in Exodus chapter 13. Again, this is Moses leading the people of Israel. He says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So that way they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud nor the day or the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. See, while it was Moses that God used to go ahead and start to execute this, it was the cloud, it was the presence of God that began to guide the people on where to go next. Here's what I need you to know. The presence of God guides. The presence of God guides. If you've ever gone on an excursion, if you've ever gone on a hike, you know that it's always going to be better if you have a tour guide with you. Anytime that you have a tour guide with you, you're not gonna waste time going in different places that you shouldn't be going. You can know that no matter what wildlife is around, if there's a snake, if there's a bear, if there's anything, the tour guide is gonna know what to do. You can know that the timing is gonna be perfect. You can know that it's going to always be the way that you're supposed to go. It's gonna be in the perfect alignment and more than just a tour guide on an excursion. God, he is the guide for our life. He is the guide in our troubles. He is the guide in everything that we do. We can know that as long as God is guiding us, we can know that it is his timing that's perfect. As long as God is guiding us, we can know that we are in perfect supervision under him, that he is anointing every single step that we are taking. We can know that as long as we are being guided, that it doesn't matter what comes our way, God, we know that you can move away any snakes. We know that you can move any animals. We know that you can move away any bears because you are greater, you are mightier, and you are the tour God of our life. I want to ask you, church, do you feel stuck going into this 2023? Do you feel like you've been stuck year after year, day after day? I want to encourage you. It's the presence of God, the guides. Do you feel like you've just been going in a rut? Do you feel like you need guidance on a certain decision? Do you feel like you don't know what to do next? That you just feel like you are lost? I want to tell you that it is the presence of God that guides in your life. You don't have to keep searching in the places that you've been trying to search for for guidance. You don't have to keep going to those friends that you know keep taking you in the wrong direction. You don't have to trust just based on what social media influencers are saying to follow that direction. There is nothing more and nothing less than the presence of God that guides us every single step that we take. And as long as that we are in alignment of his steps, it is his steps that are going to take us in the direction that he has for us. And as long as I'm in the will of God, I know that I'm doing it right because I'm going towards what he's called us to do. It's the presence of God that guides our life and he wants to guide yours too. No matter how you walked in today, no matter how far you feel like you are from God, no matter what direction you've been heading in all these years of your life, you could start this 2023 being guided by the very presence of God, just like these Israelites were. So as we continue on on this story, the Israelites are being guided by this cloud. The cloud, they can't see what's to the left. They can't see what's to the right. They can't see what's in front of them. All they could trust is just saying, okay, this cloud, I just have to trust where it is. Can, can you trust that God is guiding you where you need to go? Can you trust that no matter what life looks like, that his plan is greater, that his plan is mightier, that it is his plan that is sovereign all the step of the way? 
So they're following this cloud. They don't know what's ahead of them. They're just following. Now the Pharaoh, he realizes that they're like, man, we just lost all of our workers. We just lost all of our slaves. You know what? We actually have to go back and get them. We have to go back because we can't just do this. We can't allow this. We, we, I need my workers back. So now they're getting to the scene, the famous scene where the Red Sea is about to split. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Israelites are about to go through this, this Red Sea that God is about to split open this ocean. But right before this, I want you to catch this. In Exodus chapter 14, then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, he was going before the Israelites. He withdrew and now went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them. Catch this. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. It was the presence of God that was active. The cloud that now stood in between this Egyptian army, that now stood in between them and the Israelites, where his power is being displayed fully. The second thing I need you to know is the presence of God is where others see his power. Not just you. It's where everybody else around you can see the presence of God. Because when the presence of God is active in our life, the presence of God is on display for everyone to see. When people look at our lives and say, hey, they're not doing the same things that they used to do. Hey, they're not talking the way that all of us are talking. They're not walking. They're not doing things that all of us used to do. Hey, that person was healed. How did that happen? Oh, it's the presence of God that's at their life. Oh, they are living a completely different life. They are changed. Look at the way that they're leading their family. Look at the way that their marriage was restored. Look at the way that they got over the addiction. Oh, it was the presence of God that completely changed you. And as, as the presence of God changes you, guess what? Everybody else is now in cohesive vision of this as well. And they get to see this as well. And they get to see that presence of God that they know that you could not have done it by yourself ever. It was never your doing but it was the presence of God that was at work. Do you feel like right now the presence of God is evident in your life where everybody else around you is seeing it? If not, today's the day we can start to change that. Today's the day where we can say, God, because I'm in fellowship with you, because I'm in intimacy with you, because I know now make time for you, I know that everybody else around can see the presence of God as well. Now the Israelites, they get freed, they pass the Red Sea. They're going on, now they're traveling in the wilderness. And then God tells Moses, hey, Moses, I need you to do something. I need you to create this tent. And this tent is kind of going to be like a, a portable church for simpler terms. This portable tent, this church that we're going to go and create, that's where my presence is going to be. That's where I'm going to be. So go, Moses goes ahead and gets all these specifications from God, what it's supposed to look like, and creates this tent. So now the tent is created. And I want you to see this in now Exodus chapter 33, verse 9. As Moses went into the tent... The pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Verse 11, catch this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. The presence of God doesn't just guide. The presence of God is not just moving. The presence of God isn't just evident around us, but the presence of God is also where he speaks. The presence of God is where he speaks. I want you to know something. He's still speaking today. He's still speaking today. Do you feel like you haven't heard from God in a while? Do you feel like that God has absolutely been silent? Do you feel like God, he's just been at a distance? I don't even know how to recognize his voice. He's still speaking today. 
And I believe he wants to speak to you in this room. And it's the reason that you're here. It's the reason that you're sitting here in this room. Because God is saying, hey, I haven't been silent. You've just closed your ear off to me. You've just to go, you've been so distracted that you've missed out on when I've just tried to speak to you. You've missed out on the things that I've been trying to tell you. I've been making it evident. I've shown you, I've spoken to you. I've brought in the people around you to say the things you need to hear. I've tried to speak to you through your word, but you keep not listening. You keep not hearing. You keep having your ear just closed to me. And he's saying, I just want to speak to you today because it's in the presence of God that he's still speaking. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want to hear what he wants to speak to you? Do you want to hear so that way you can have some clarity? Do you want to hear so that way you can know what he wants to do in your life? It's time that we start to seek and enter into the presence of God. And now the last thing we're going to fast forward on to as we go on to this, it's the story that we just read right before here. So going into this, the, remember there was a tent where this church was happening, where the presence of God is happening. Now we fast forward all these years to King David. Everybody know David, the one who slayed Goliath. So David, he sees that God is, his presence is in a tent. And he says, hey God, you're too amazing. You can't be just living in a tent. Like we need to have something better for you. Actually, I want to build you a temple. I want to build you a temple. And God says, hey, honestly, your hands are unclean. You got some blood on your hands, but here's what I'll do. I'm not going to let you build the temple, but I'm going to let your son do it. So now he lets his son go ahead and build the temple. And so now the temple has been built by his son. And this is where we now go ahead onto the story that we just read. And the temple has been fulfilled. It was so detailed. It was so intimate. It was so, uh, there was the amount of meticulation that went into this temple was spectacular. The details, everything, the emphasis of everything that they did in this temple was almost to perfection. And there's a day now where they're worshiping. All these things are happening. And the presence of God now appears as a cloud to the point where everybody stops what they're doing. They were worshiping. They were doing all these things. Imagine being in a church service today. And the presence of God is so evident that I have to stop speaking. You have to stop listening because it's just so beautiful. It's so magnificent. It's so incredible. That's what I want to get to in our lives today. Glory of God, the cloud fills this room. And the last thing that the presence of God does is the presence of God confirms and amazes. The presence of God confirms and amazes. It's in the presence of God that we can still be amazed with anything today. Notice somebody who has the presence of God on their life. They're just so full of joy all the time because it doesn't matter what life looks like. They can look at nature and say, oh God, you created the nature. They can look at somebody who might have even been difficult in their life, somebody that you just want to strangle and say, you know what, I know that's God's creation. And there's just a different amazement that goes on in your life. There's a different amazement because I know that God, you've created me, you've anointed me, you've chosen me. God, look at the family that we have and you start to see all this amazement. It's like, man, God, as long as you are in the midst of it all, I wanna live a life of amazement. I wanna be amazed by you. I wanna be in shock of you. I don't wanna lose that wonder for God. It's in the presence of God that you can get that wonder back, that amazement back, that thing that just, God, I just want you to fill my life. But also, what God was doing here with the temple was he was confirming that this is from him. This is what he wants in your life. This is, this is what I want. This is, I'm pleased with this. 
Because when, God is in, when the presence of God is in our life, he will confirm the things that he wants us to do. He'll give us a certain peace behind things. He'll give us a certain passion behind things. And say, God, if I have no peace, if I have no passion, it must be because this is not from you. If there's such a sense of uneasiness, this must not be from you. Because God, if it's from you, I know that you will give me that peace that I absolutely need. And so God is confirming the temple in this room. All this, all this cloud chasing, all these things of seeing what the cloud is for, because to tell you one thing, you don't need to chase clouds anymore. You don't need to see a visible representation of the glory of God. You don't need to see him fall and ascend for you to know that he believes, that you, to know that you can believe in him, to know that he trusts in you, to know that he loves you, to know that he's for you. As a matter of fact, that glory, that cloud, that God that seemed unreachable at a point, he came down as a man. He came and lived this perfect life for you and for me because he saw that there was a problem in our life and sin, it separated us away from God. And the same glory came and lived this perfect life and died on a cross for you and for me. And then he resurrected three days later. And when he resurrected, then came, he says, I'm gonna send you a helper. That presence of God that would appear as a cloud, that presence of God that would only come across certain people, that presence of God no longer lives in a tent, that presence of God no longer lives in a temple, but now that presence of God lives inside of you and in me. And that presence of God, he's still guiding. That presence of God is still speaking. That presence of God is still moving. That presence of God is still revealing himself, not only to you, but everybody else around you. That presence of God is still giving us the joy that we need today. Well, how can I seek this presence of God? What can I do? It's 2023 and I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what was what my life supposed to look like? What does this all look like? It sounds all great. It sounds like I can be fulfilled. It sounds like this is the, the greatest story in the world, but how can I actually do that? I wanna give you guys a few things. The way that the temple, the way that the glory cloud appeared in this temple, the things that they were doing that I believe can manifest in our life today as well. And so the first thing is it's gonna take some intentionality. It's gonna take some intentionality. It's gonna require some moments of full focus and attention. See, there again, there was so much detail that went into this temple. They were so meticulous, so intentional about everything. They were intentional on just the smallest of details, just like me and you need to be intentional about chasing after the presence of God. Because he's not just a feeling. God is not a feeling. You don't just feel God. And I know that our schedules are busy. And I know that we're starting off this year and we're already looking at our calendar and we're looking at all the things that we have to do. And we're saying, I don't know if I can make time for this. I don't know if I can actually do this. I don't know if I can be intentional to just hearing God, to sit. What it's gonna take for us is saying, hey God, maybe, maybe it starts off as five minutes. Five minutes of me just saying, hey, even if I have to make it on my calendar, but five minutes in this morning, God, I'm gonna get up five minutes earlier. Or maybe I'm gonna be in my car. Or maybe it's gonna be at the end of the day and I just know that's the time that I can do it. It doesn't matter what time you do it, but there has to be a moment in our days where we just stop everything and just say, hey God, it's just me and you. It's just me and you. And as I, as I realize that, God, you are the one that can fulfill me. You are the one that can move in my life. You are the one that's still speaking. We start to realize that he's there. It's more than just a feeling. It's more than just, just a thing that, okay, maybe, he, no, he's there. 
He's in our midst. He's in the presence. They had to be intentional with building this temple. We have to be intentional with seeking after the presence of God. Here's the thing. We can't, we can't ever miss out on the presence of God. The presence of God is always there. But we need to know that we actually have to seek him. Because of Jesus, we have access into this presence. We have access to be able to seek God. But the thing is, if we don't seek it, then we're actually missing out on it. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was on my honeymoon. When I was on my honeymoon, we got this awesome deal where they hooked us up with a ton of free things or complimentary things. And they go ahead and they got us a, a complimentary massage. They got us a complimentary uh, dinner on the beach, a complimentary breakfast in bed. Like they got all of these things. Now we were talking to some other couples that were on their honeymoon and they had no idea that they could have gotten any of this stuff. And so we seeked about it. We, we went ahead and we tried to see, hey, is there anything that we can get because we're on our honeymoon? But if we didn't seek it, if we didn't try to search for it, if we didn't try to look for it, we would have lost something that we had access to. But because we have access to it, we can have a little bit extra. The presence of God, we have access to it, but it takes time for us to actually seek it. It takes time for us to actually move in it. it. takes time for us to say, God, I want to be intentional with this. Aside from being intentional with it, we also have to live a life of repentance. Repentance is a word that sometimes is looked wrongly at in the church, as you've probably seen people with signs in their hands and say, repent. But to repent literally just means to turn around. Hey, 2022 was rough. Turn around. Hey, you've been living a life that you know you shouldn't have lived. You can turn around. You, you can turn around from those things. And it's not just turning around for the sake of turning around, because you can do a full 360 and go in the same direction that you were going in. But to turn around is to go in a complete opposite direction. That God, I was going far from you, but now I'm going towards you. God, I was going towards what the world wanted for me. Now I'm going towards what you wanted for me. God, uh, I was going towards what my friend said I needed, but now I'm going towards what you say I needed. And as we turn around in the direction that he has for us, it can change everything. But it causes us and it need, leads for us to live a life of repentance. These priests in this temple, they had to consecrate themselves, which means they had to make themselves pure. They had to make themselves holy and they would have to do this through a ritual or through sacrifices. And Jesus is saying, hey, you don't need to sacrifice anymore. You don't need to do all of these good things. You don't need to try to make your church attendance perfect for the rest of the year. You don't have to try to go and be at every little thing. You don't have to try to give all of your money. Oh, you, what you just need is just to say, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm genuinely sorry. I can't keep living the life that I'm living. I need to turn around. I need to turn around. I need to turn around. Today's the day that you can start to turn around. I want you to see what happens when we don't live a life of repentance. The first humans, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, when they, when they did what they weren't supposed to do, check out what it says in Genesis chapter three. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Their first response was to hide. When we sin, our natural response is to hide, is to hide from God. Oh God, I, I messed up. You have nothing to want to do with me. Uh, you, you couldn't love me. You, you, could, you want nothing to do with me because of, because of what I've done. We talked about Moses. Moses, he killed a man. Moses, he stuttered. Moses was insecure. God still used him. Just like that, God wants to use you too. But he can't be with sin. And so it's time that we turn around. It's time that we live a life of repentance. And after that, it's worship that enters us into the presence of God. 
all these priests, all these people, they were worshiping. They were, they were worshiping God. They were exalting him. They were talking about how amazing he is. They were talking about how wonderful he is. It is the praise that they were given. They were praising him. They were lifting him up. And I believe that in order for us to step into the presence of God, we need to do the same because life isn't always gonna be easy. Life is gonna be difficult sometimes. And I need to remind myself that it's when I worship that God, you are greater. It's when I worship that I can remember that God, I exalt you. I lift you up because you are greater than my problems. You are greater than myself. You are greater than what I want. And sometimes you don't even need to come into a church to do it. You could do it in your room. You could do it in your car. You could do it on your own and just say, God, I lift you up. With music, it might be good, but sometimes you don't even need music to do it. To worship is just to lift him up. We were created, we were needed to worship. We were made to worship God because that is what he deserves. He deserves for us to lift him up. To say, God, you are greater than what I'm facing. You are greater than what I'm dealing with. You are greater than what is going on in my life today. I want you to see this verse in Psalm chapter 22. It says, yet you are wholly enthroned on the praise of Israel. He's in our praise, enthroned in the praises. When we praise, he's there. When we lift him up, he's there. When we worship him, he is there. And almost, we're gonna be closing up real soon, but gratitude gets us into the presence of God. As the people were worshiping, they also thanked God. They thanked him. It's when we are living a life of gratitude that we start to remember God. Maybe I just lost a family member, but I am grateful that we don't mourn the way the rest of the world mourns. It's when life isn't going the way that I want or my family seems like it's in shambles. God, my family might be dysfunctional. My family might be in shambles, but thank you, God, that you've given me a family. Thank you, God, that we have a church here. Thank you, God, that you are at work and as we are living a life of gratitude, we can know that he is in the midst. And the last thing is this, remembering the presence of God is always with us. You can remember today that the presence of God is always with you in this room. You don't have to go on a journey to find the presence of God. You don't have to go to a certain place to find the presence of God. You can find the place, you can find the presence of God exactly where you are. Jesus, he says this in Matthew chapter 28, he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's with us, he's with you. I remember being 18 years old and hearing from God the first time. And I had to make a decision right there. God, I can either go towards your presence or I could run away from it. I said, all right, I'm gonna run towards it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it means, but I'm gonna run towards it. The next day, could I make a decision? God, I can run towards your presence or I can run away from it. The third day, I can run towards your presence, God, or I can run away from it. And every single day, we're gonna be challenged with this idea, with these two options of God, do I run towards your presence? Or do I go away? God, I don't have to go to a certain place. I don't have to go to a certain entity. I don't have to go to a certain pl- just country. I don't have to go and just like the Catholics, they would have to go ahead and go up these steps and they would have to scrape their knees. You don't have to do any of this. The presence of God is there, but you have two options today. You have two options for the rest of your year. You could chase after the presence of God or you can run away from it. And I want us to run towards the presence of God because I believe it's the presence of God that's gonna guide us. It's the presence of God that's still gonna speak to us. It's the presence of God that's still gonna move in our lives. When we say, God, I just wanna worship you. I'm grateful. I know that you're still here. I know that you're still moving. I know that you're the one that can fulfill me and nothing else. Church, will you stand up to your feet as we pray?
You don't need to chase clouds anymore. As a matter of fact, whenever you see a cloud, just remember that God's presence is with you. Let it be a reminder. When you feel like you're far away, when you feel like you haven't been here in a while, when you feel like life is in shambles, you can remember that his presence is with you. Church, will you lift up your hands with me for a moment as we pray? God, we thank you, Jesus, for 2023. We thank you that it's a brand new year. We thank you for what you've done in the past, God, but this is a brand new start, God. Lord, may we spend this year just chasing after your presence, God. May we spend this year going after your presence, God, because it's your presence that we need. It's your presence that we're desperate for. It's your presence that we absolutely is vital in our life, God. We can't go another day without searching it. We can't go another day without seeking it. We thank you that you've never left us even when we've left you, Jesus. We thank you because you are in the midst. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen, amen, amen. I want to lead somebody into um, just a prayer into a moment real quick. And we have been talking about Jesus and I've been talking about the presence of God. But maybe you're in this room and you're saying, I don't know God. I've been far away from him. He's been, he's been at a distance. There's no way that God wants to have anything to do with me. I want to tell you in this room that God, he is absolutely in love with you. He loves you so much. It's the reason why he came down. He lived a perfect life that none of us could live to pay a price that every single one of us deserves. Because sin, there's a price to sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin, the price of sin is death. And that, that's what we deserve. And it's not just a physical death, but it's an eternal death. And we deserve that. That's what we, we should have. But Jesus says, I, I don't want my people to pay that price anymore. That price, I'm going to take it all. One sacrifice for everyone. But Jesus came, lived this perfect life. He was beaten. He was tortured. He was mocked. He was put on a cross. Probably the worst uh, idea of torture that could have been happening at that place. And he did this so that way he could set you and me free. He did this so that way. He says, hey, you don't have to worry about where you're going on this earth. The Bible's Jesus said, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not based on how good you are. It's not based on how good your qualities are. It's not based on how amazing you've been this year. It's not based on, well, I'm not doing what that person's doing. Uh, my church attendance has been great. Everything has been great. It's not based on any of those things. The only thing that leads us into salvation, the only thing that leads us into the heaven at right after this earth is to have a relationship with Jesus. And he wants to know you and he wants to know me. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I, I've been too far gone. You don't know what I did yesterday. You don't know what I did a month ago. You don't know what I did a year ago. If you did, you would not even want me in this building. I promise you that God has you in this building for a reason because he needs you to hear this. He needs you to hear that he's in love with you. He needs you to hear that he's not mad at you. He needs you to hear that his arms are wide open for you, just ready for you to say, hey, I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm tired of chasing these things on my own. I'm tired of running into wall after wall after wall. God, I just want to surrender it to you. And so I'm going to ask if everybody can close their eyes and bow their heads for just a moment. And if you're in this room and you're saying, hey, that's me. I've been far from God. Maybe I once knew God or maybe I just haven't, I haven't never tried this. And you're just saying, I just want to have a relationship with this God. I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm tired of running into wall after wall. If that's you, with nobody looking around, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. And if that's you, you can raise your hand and just what you're going to be doing is just entering into a relationship with God today. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave this into you. As all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed, if that's you, on the count of three, if you want to say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus today, I want to know that beyond this earth, I can be in fellowship with him. I can be in relationship with him. I can go to heaven. You can raise your hand. One, two, three. 
Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. Amen. Amen. God bless you back over here. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Perfect. I want to lead everybody that raised their hand into a prayer. And it's not this prayer that saves you, but you're just, we're just making this first one easy for you as you're going to say this. And everybody's going to join in as we repeat this. As we say, dear Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Jesus, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. I just want to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. And I put my trust in you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, can we make some noise for everybody that made a decision in this room? I'm going to ask my good friend, Pastor Phil, to come up and give some instructions. But I hope you guys have a beautiful and blessed day. Come on, can we give it up for JP one time? Incredible word. Hey, if you raise your hand, we have a gift for you. Thank you so much, BJ. And uh, our, our team has been praying for you, is ready to meet you, get a gift in your hand, and it's a free gift. It's not like you grab one of these gifts and it's like you owe us money next, next Sunday. Nothing like that. It's a gift from us to you, and there's many things. There's a notebook, a pen, a coffee mug, a, a letter from Pastors Alex and Diana. Grab one of these, and it'll change your life because there's also a Bible in it. And we can give out thousands of Bibles every year because of your generosity. So thank you, church, because of your tithes and offerings. We can give out Bibles and free gifts. Thank you so much, BJ. So after service, don't run to your car. See our Dream Team members, our Connect tent, and they're going to get you a Bible and a gift in your hand.